Welcome to the CX Spotlight. The following is an abridged excerpt from our recent webinar about the 2021 APAC CX Maturity Report. In this episode, our host Steve Nuttall talks about the impact of COVID-19 with Amelia Diggle, Service Design Lead at Verizon Connect, and Matthew Wells, Global Solutions Executive at Verizon. Turning to the impact of COVID-19, and yeah, I think this slide for me really kind of pulls out some major differences in terms of how laggards and leaders have seen the, the impact of the pandemic. And so, yeah, pulling up four, four questions there that we put in front of um, our respondents to look at the extent to which they agree or disagree with each, each of these statements. And so what I'm highlighting here is the percent within each of the two cohorts there that strongly agree um, with each of these statements. So, you know, for me, it means that, you know, pretty much leaders really get it. You know, they totally understand that CX is going to be a differentiator in a post-COVID world. You know, they're, they're offering the, the right arrangements to attract the best talent. And we know we're in a real talent war at the moment. I mean, labor shortages are, apart from car shortages, um, but, you know, labor shortage is one of the biggest, you know, problems that businesses face right now. Um, and so you have to really offer what, what talent's looking for. Um, but you've also got to meet the rising expectations that customers have. And ultimately, you've got to deliver that profitably. You know, you can't pour in a lot of investment and clearly not have um, the right return on that as well. So, yeah, chalk and cheese there between um, what laggards and, 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 and leaders are, are doing. You know, is, is there, you know, Amelia, I mean, how do you approach this? You know, if you've got, if you've got customers who are laggards and customers who are leaders, what, what's your approach? I think you've got to actually, it's, it's not quite personalization, but it's firstly accept that you've got two buckets of, of adoption that you've got to actually design for. Um, otherwise, if you're trying to do both, you're not going to, neither of them are going to be happy. Yeah. So I think you're taking what you've got and just giving it a slightly different lens or a slightly different amount of love depending on which group it is. So like the, the more adopted, you probably just want to get out of their way, give them access to the technology. Whereas the ones who aren't as confident, you want to give them that white glove service um, and a little bit more handholding. Once they're there, they'll get it, but they're the ones who you're probably looking at, you know, your churn risk and your negative NPS. So that's your, your metrics as well. So not easy, but I think if you actually first accept that there's two buckets and start designing for it, could be quite fun. Well, let's ask our audience about you know, the, one of the big questions there ultimately in terms of impacts of COVID-19 is has it made um, our workforce more or less productive? So I'm going to run a quick poll um, to the audience and we'll look at how the leaders and the laggards have answered this question. But what are you guys thinking? You know, how has productivity impacted your team members when working from home? Um, certainly, you know, we've I think we've, we've now kind of gone through a process where I think probably we spend half of our time at home and half of our time in the office. And, you know, what I'm learning is that there's real benefits of being in the office and there's real benefits of being at home. And it's, it's not an either or. Um, where are you guys at, Matt, Matt and Amelia, with that? Well, I'm going to go first on that one. Um, look, we're, um, so I'm, I'm based in Sydney. Um, you're working for a large uh, US-based global business and um, yeah the, the, there is like if, if you sort of look at the corporate view they they tend to look at the US situation and then 
manage the, the global business through that lens. So basically what the, the arrangements we've done is, is it's, it's a, there's four rotating groups, it's group A, B, C, D, and every week they rotate. So you basically get one week out of four where you're, you can go to the office if you want to. There's no, there's certainly no mandate or, or instruction to do that. Yeah. Um, what we find is that there's really, I mean, it talks about two buckets of people, exactly the case for us here. There's, there's, there's those who actually want to go to the office, you know, to, for the interaction, for the, just to be able to get out of home um, and, and mix it up a bit, yeah. go out for lunch, those sorts of things. Um, and there's those who, who just don't, those who they're quite ha happy working from home and um, they're happy to do that for, you know, in different amount of time. So, yeah, um, and, and really, you know, if, if I look at myself personally, I, I, I'm in the office today and, and you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to go to the office. I don't have a large commute, but I can understand those who do um, yeah. want to stay working from home. They may have a longer commute. They may have um, more sort of tight timelines around um, picking up kids from school and those sorts of things. So, uh, but I think that the challenge for the employer is, is to cater for, for all those scenarios, right? Um, and and be you know we talk about the shortage of labour, um, being able to attract the right labour with with the flexibility. Um, yeah. So so but I think I think moving forward, I, th I think it's going to be hard for those employees who want to mandate staff coming back to the office. Um, I think that's going to be a hard ask. Yeah, I see Tim Tim Cook caught some flack for uh, telling his staff that he wanted uh, everybody pretty much back in the office three days a week by September and to a, a horrible pun, but it seems like he upset the apple cart a little bit there. Um, yeah. Well, it's a bit middle? like asking um, prisoners to come back out into the world um, and fit in. You know, we've locked ourselves away for a year or so um, and we're all meant to come back, like you're seeing school kids with a lot of anxiety, not wanting to, to go back. So I think, yeah, it's, it's an opportunity to get really empathetic and, and partner with your, your HR teams and really look at like what's going on there and how can you help people get back in. Um, I'm at home, Matt's in the office. I think we're like <laughs> a good enough. example of what's going on. Our office is um, in Christchurch City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm out in rural, so it's been great, but I also have really early morning meetings and late night meetings. So it's quite good having that flexibility to sort of design my own days. And I'm really lucky that our workplace, you know, has that trust in, in, our, in us and the teams to work together and, and deliver the things we're meant to. So I think it's actually a big question of trust in your workplace culture. hundred percent. And look, our audience agrees, you know, just looking at the, leaders versus the laggards on this it's uh you know clear there that you know big difference you know the laggards it's the other way around you know laggards think their their productivity is you know probably on balance just marginally more you know dropped um 32 percent of laggards think um, productivity is worse when working at home and leaders see it the other way around so it really comes back to that point about providing the, the right flexible environment Thanks for listening to the CX Spotlight. You can watch the rest of this webinar in its entirety at www.fifthquadrant.com.au slash cx-reports.